104.5 Way FM. I'm Paul Van Sickle. I'm really excited that Matt Maher is coming to town with Third Day for their farewell tour on June the 1st. It's going to be at Moda Center Theater of the Clouds. And I'm even more excited that I get to talk with Matt right now. Matt, thanks for making the time. You're touring <laughs> like crazy right now in worship yeah. leader conferences, and you're just all over the place. Yeah, it's a, it's a busy season. So you're out on the road with with Third Day. You've been doing Worship Night in America with Tomlin. That's a lot of touring, and it's that's big too. Like that's a lot a lot of people every night. Yeah, you know it it's a it's a crazy thing for me. Uh, you know my in some ways my journey as a songwriter started with Chris. You know, obviously recording uh, Your Grace Is Enough and us developing a friendship out of that song, but. What's interesting for me is that the, the one of the first Christian bands I ever met was Third Day, and it was through my roommate. Um, so probably about two years before I met, or a year, year and a half before I met Chris, my roommate went out on tour with them because he had been on the um, MTV's The Real World. Uh, so I had a roommate at the time who was a fellow believer. He was a Catholic, and he was on the, like, the New Orleans season, and... Uh, he knew uh, Ty, the old bass player, and um, and so I remember he came back from tour, and there was this signed uh, poster from the Come Together album that said, like, hey, Matt, keep writing those songs, dude, Mac. Uh, and it's funny, I don't, I, well, I think I finally told Mac about it, but, you know, Third Day for me, that Third Day, Third Day was the first Christian concert I ever went to. Wow. Um, and, um, they, like, where I bought a ticket. I'd been to some massive youth rally about six months earlier and saw DC Talk for, like, a hot minute. I didn't even get to see the whole concert. But the first one I ever bought a ticket for was someone said, have you heard the band Third Day? And I was like, no. And it was the, it was the first album. And, uh, and I bought a ticket and went and saw them on tour in Phoenix. And... Um, you know, it it's so it's really for me it there's a it it brings things full circle in a way. You know that um, to to now be able to be on the road with with Mac and Mark as they kind of bring this this you know huge chapter of their lives to closure. Um, it's just a huge honor that they w- wanted me to be part of it. That is incredible. I had a chance to talk to Mac last week and I shared with him similar stories of remembering going to see them when I was, you know, growing up in youth group. And it is amazing their influence, not just uh, from their radio hits and uh, on t- on teenagers and youth groups, but just their influence in the modern worship culture of today. One of the first ones to really dive into from just kind of being this, you know, rock band to, um, hey, let's go back and do some of these worship songs and, and rearranging that. And, uh, you know, seeing that and to lead to more of, you know, Tomlin being popular and the stuff that, j- that you do in, in reworking in some of the, the hymns and the amount of influence that just the modern worship culture now has. Uh, yeah, I really think it has filtered through some of those first third day worship albums. Yeah, totally. You know, and for me, I'm still at the heart. I still love rock and roll. I, <laughs> I haven't, to me, it, it uh, you know, it, I know it's definitely waned in its influence, but uh, you know, Hey, the dream of the nineties is alive in Portland. So, uh, <laughs> 
It's going to be a great, great night of rock and roll in Portland. Okay, so now I'm gonna now I'm gonna ask a favor of you, um, because I because sure. I was telling him that Alien is one of my favorite songs of theirs from Conspiracy Number no. Five, their second yeah. album. Because my that was like first song that my very first band tried to play and played for the church, and I'm sure it was horrible and all that stuff. But so I just love that and that whole rock aspect of the album. And so I was like, hey, you know, you think that you can throw that into the set list? He's like, yeah, probably not gonna happen. Nobody likes that album. So. <laughs> So if you could put a push in on the inside to get more rock from that album right. right there and the set list, that would be I'll, fantastic. Yeah. All right, perfect. I'll do what I can. All right, wield your influence. Well, let's start talking about some of your rock and roll music. We just started playing your new single on Way FM, What a Friend. And Your Love Defends Me has, is an awesome song, and we've been playing it. People love it, and What a Friend is a little bit different just in the style and the fact of how upbeat it is and how, how forward moving that song is in, uh, in as that's one of the new ones we're playing on YFM talk a little bit about that song What a Friend yeah you know it so the the original hymn that sort of inspired the song What a Friend We Have in Jesus was written by a man named Joseph Scriven he was an Irish missionary who was in Canada and his wife I mean sorry he had been engaged twice and both fiancés died before he got married, and um, his uh, his mother was extremely ill, and he couldn't afford to go back and visit her, so he wrote this poem to comfort her. Mm. And so this guy who had experienced so much adversity and so much personal sorrow and suffering wrote the lyrics, you know, to the basically what became the hymn, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And so... That, to me, is just so unbelievably countercultural. You'd think, you know, if, if any person who has a reason to sort of, you know, yell at he- yell up at the heavens, you know, I think of that scene from Forrest Gump with Lieutenant Dan just, like, on the mast of a ship yelling, uh, yelling up at the sky. It's a guy like this, yet he didn't. Like, he, he had all this joy in his heart and talked about the friendship of, of God. And... I don't know. I think for me, I, I realized that, man, he must have had a really deep sense of joy that um, that goes way below the surface. And so when we wrote this song, uh, it was actually, I originally wrote it for the band I Am They, and they ended up not recording it. And um, and so I just thought, well, I, you know what, I think, I think I'm going to, and I think part of it was I, I um, their album got delayed, and I started making mine sooner, and I was like, hey, do you guys mind if I record this? And they're like, no, go ahead. So originally it was kind of more like of a hootenanny-ish, and then um, I, I just decided to turn up the electric guitars and and, uh, and just kind of have fun with it, you know? That's awesome, and yeah, I can totally hear in my head, hear what that version for them would have sounded like, and yeah, hootenanny, that's a great <laughs> descriptive word of what they do at I Am They. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but yeah, it's, a, yeah it's, a, it's a great song, and we, yeah, we just started playing it last week uh, on the radio. I'm excited for people to get more of that, I bet that's another one that's going to be fun to, fun to play live, too. Oh man, it's yeah. I've been playing it every night on Worship Night in America, and uh, it is a it's a real burn burner for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think I think you know part of it too is it's the nature that it's it's almost uh, you know we're we're getting late into the spring here. Summer's almost here, and it's just hard. It just feels like now we're kind of inundated with bad news, mm-hmm. and uh, and I think I think people want to hear good news. I mean, it's just, you know, I think our capacity to handle 
serious things and talk about heavy things in life and be willing to push through in the midst of difficult moments, it's directly proportional to the amount of joy you can have um, if you're really going to survive it. And so I think for me there is a bit of a, like, this is sort of like kicking back at the darkness at a little in, in a little way. And uh, so I'm looking forward to playing it in, uh, in Portland with everybody. Maybe it'll be a sunny day that day, too. Hey, it, it was 85 and sunny three days in a row, and now it's back to rain. Wow. So <laughs> was, oh, that's amazing. It was it was weird. Everybody was freaked out a bit. Um, we're all sunburned now. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Just talking about having joy joy through the pain and, you know, coming out of, of that kind of season that we're all feeling. And I know, um, you know, you had that season through recording this album near the end with your, with your father passing away. How did that influence? some of the process um, going through the end of that album and, and since then? Yeah, I mean, I think it definitely changed the tone of the record. I, you know, I'd written about 40 songs for the album, and a lot of the ones that I was working on kind of got um, set, set, set aside and because there was these chunk of songs that were kind of all inspired by hands. And, you know, I grew up Catholic, so I just, I just a lot of these haven't been in my vocabulary and so I feel like they found me. It wasn't so much I found them. And I think they, you know, it, there was this cohesive kind of set of songs that explore the nature of how do we respond to suffering. And so, I, you know, for me, um, it is a bit surreal, bittersweet. My, my, one of my dad's sisters actually just passed away. Mm, I'm so, sorry. Yeah, it's, you know, it... Um, it's it's tough, but you know it's like my cousin, who is uh, one of her caregivers, uh, you know, she had lung cancer. I mean, it really was a miracle. She was supposed to last two weeks, and she lasted twenty four months. And uh, uh, so, but the funeral's in the same church that my dad's funeral was in, and it's like they're they're two weeks apart. And but my cousin said, you know, she, she there's a song on my record called "As Good as It Gets." She said, you know. She's like this. She's you have no idea how this song has helped me get through this. And I was just thinking, wow, you know, that's it's sort of life building upon the decisions that we make. Of like, I, I, you know, changed the course of this record, changed, and I made the recorded the songs that I did, and now I'm kind of sending off another family member to heaven. And um, but these songs are you know, kind of helping lift everyone's spirits. Mm. And um, that just means, you know, you can't, you, 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 you still wrestle for the right words for stuff like that. But um, it's definitely uh, an affirmation that, you know, I, I was in the right ballpark. Yeah, still a grieving process, but when you see the yeah the spirit pre-leading, you know I've, yeah. how many times I've heard that with with songwriters or, or preachers who you know plan their sermons out you know a full year in advance, and then all of a sudden eight months later, what they're preaching on, they're like, whoa, that's what I needed right now, even, and I, you know, that's a, that's definitely yeah. a Holy Spirit thing. Totally didn't see that coming, you yeah. know. So. Uh. How has, as a dad-to-dad dad dad question for you, since losing your dad, has that changed the way you parent at all, or has that made you, uh, you know, look at things any, any differently as a dad? You know, it's funny. My dad had this thing about him that he would get sort of, he'd get this look in his eyes. I'd see it in old photographs that he got, like, he had a sense of, like, like he's painfully nostalgic. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, he... Um, he struggled with alcoholism, um, and he, he 
he quit. I mean, he, he was sober or didn't have a drink the last 20, 20 plus years of his life. But, um, but he was a deeply sentimental man. And, um, and I think it's funny, you know, I think having children, like I'm realizing that it's, it's sort of coming out of me now. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I go away and I'm playing music and lots of, lots of parents, uh, travel for a living with their jobs, but you come home and you see the change in your children. And it's sort of this evidence that like, um, life is, is, is moving on. And on one hand, that's a beautiful thing because you're entering into like, it's like every week's a brand new season. Like my kids, like some there's, you know, and there's, and there's whole, there are challenges like, you know, <laughs> temper tantrums of different shades and yes. sorts, and, you know, um, but I think overall now, when I think when I hook my kids, it, I just, it's like, I'm, I'm wanting to, I'm wanting to have as much of a grasp of eternity as I can in those moments. Mm. And because I, I really do feel like those, uh, those are the moments that, um, that give you glimpses of eternity, you know, that just, you know, being so close to that kind of innocence and, uh, and, and just cherishing them and not even knowing, like, they don't have to do anything. You just, you just have all of this love and affection for them. And I think, so I think for me, it's like all of a sudden I go, oh my goodness, like, there's a lot more of my dad in me. I mean, I knew there was a lot of my dad in me, but I had no idea how much, you know? Mm -hmm. And, um, and so I think it's, it's made me more appreciative of him, honestly. We're talking with Matt Marr. He's coming here to Portland on June the 1st with Third Day. It's the farewell tour. The floor level, the lower level seats are all gone. Those got snatched up super quick. So you are still lucky, though, that uh, enough people have procrastinated. There are still some great seats available. There's no bad seat in um, in Moda Center Theater, The Clouds. That's the same. It's the same theater you came to when you were here with Casting Crowns a couple years ago. Yeah. Where, you know, it's a, you got yeah. that huge arena, but it's kind of cut in half. So there's, there is not a bad seat there for, yeah. for a concert at Theater of the Clouds. So uh, we're so excited to have you. We're so excited that... Uh, what a friend is now playing on Way FM, and it is. It's a great springtime into summer, uh, beaten song, uplifting, and uplifting a beat real. It's perfect for Way FM. Uh, so <laughs> it's it's what it's, uh, it's the latest one off of Echoes, and uh, we want everybody to go check out that album and that song, and see Matt coming with third day on june the first as part of the farewell tour well we'll be praying for you and your family um you know with the death of with your aunt and then for you and and your immediate family too as again you're touring uh quite extensively here so we'll, we'll keep you guys in our prayers as we get ready and ramp up for you guys to be here june 1st thank you so much